You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station New Year special. That's right, folks. We are doing our Geek Seat questions for 2019. We've done it for quite a few years now, and it's always been one of our more popular shows. So strap in, folks. We're going to relive the year 2019. What did we like? What did not we not like? What floated? What didn't? And who is the stinker of the year? That's always the big question. So it should be a lot of fun. But this man I'm going to talk to next is no stinker. My co-host, as always, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ready to face the roaring 20s. Oh, God, yeah, exactly. But you have to remember what happened at the end of the 20s. So, <laughs> Yeah, let's hope uh, history doesn't repeat itself. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need that. You know, I have enough trouble with people dressing up in the 80s all over again, you know. Hey, hey, hey. Just because I'm wearing parachute pants. Parachute pants and the sunglasses with the rope around the neck. It's awesome. Oh, wait, those are your reading glasses. Sorry, Mikey. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. And, you know... We're going to do the whole episode is the Geek Seat questions tonight. So we got a great crew already lined up with us. So let's uh, introduce our crew for tonight. We have, of course, the lovely and talented. I think this is like your fourth or fifth one. Ashley Pauls. Hello. It's hard to believe we're talking about wrapping up 2019 already. It seems like it was just getting started. Oh, it, it was. It just felt like yesterday we were doing this episode for 2018. I know. I know, and it's it's crazy, and a lot has happened, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's always good to have you here to give your opinion. Oh, thank you. It's always a blast. And just overall, Ashley, was 2019 good to you? I'd say in terms of geek stuff, yes. I felt like the year got started off a little bit slowly, but I feel like the back half of 2019 in particular, there was a lot of great TV, a lot of great movies, and even some stuff I haven't gotten to yet that I'm wanting to catch on video. So I feel like there was really a lot of interesting stuff that came out of it, a lot to discuss and talk about. Um, It's kind of sad. 2020 almost feels a little anticlimactic after we have the MCU is wrapping up, you know, the Star Wars era is wrapping up, Game of Thrones is over. But um, hopefully that will just allow space for some new things that are not even on our radar to talk uh, to pop up and for geeks to get excited about. Yeah, good point. We had a lot of uh, exp- high expectations for a lot of things in 2019. Oh, very much so. It's awesome to think about what we had planned, what we were hoping for, and it wasn't all bad. But it, you know, it was nice to see what came out, and we'll be able to look back at that. We also have with us tonight, we also have Jamie Jones. Hi. Welcome. Hey, well, Jamie, we haven't seen you since episode 500. Well, yeah, and thank you for doing it in the shop. I really appreciate it. That was awesome. Oh, it was so much fun. I think we should do that more than once every 500 episodes, you know. Well, you certainly have a, a location if you'd like to use it. That is awesome. You want to do, give a plug to your store real quick? Of course, yeah. Uh, I've got Infinite Realities, and we are in Tucker. And we were voted 2019's uh, Creative Lifting's Best Comic Store in Atlanta by the readers. Very well deserved, too. 
Thank you. Absolutely. How was 2019 for you, other than being the best comic shop? That was pretty solid. It was a good good year. Good year, you know, geek pop culture-wise. That is awesome. That is awesome. And we also, of course, have Jen Adams with us. Hey, Jen. Hello. Hello. Finally, you're here on a Monday night. I was going to say, is this this a first? Yeah, it's also my, my Monday schedule has been tweaked a bit, so I have more Mondays free. That is awesome. It's so good to have you on. Jen does her own podcast also, and she's been on the Dragon Con Report with us a couple times. And she's also, I think, did you do Earth Station Who with us yet? The Doctor Who podcast? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I think we're going to have to have you on yeah, that Yeah, the, the, the only other thing I did with you, I did the uh, the Galaxy Quest reunion. Oh, that's right. Oh, you did right. that at Dragon reunion, Con. Uh, uh, panel. Anniversary. Yes. Anniversary panel, yeah. Exactly. So we are going to have Jen on much more. So you'll be seeing a lot of her now that she has a little more free time. Spoilers. Spoilers for 2020. Exactly. (laughs) What do you think I was looking forward to most in 2020? Come on. (laughs) So it is awesome. And Jen does a podcast also. You want to tell everyone real quick about Uh, that? It's it's the Blurred Nerd podcast uh, with my uh, co-host, The Geek Father. Uh, the Geek Father is on it more than I am right now because I have my schedule and um, how rough 2019 got for me personally. Uh, I am on it every other week schedule. Oh, that's cool. So with it, with it um, just because things have gotten a bit crazy. <laughs> Trying to like find that whole life balance thing. Wow. Uh, An every other week thing? Mm, that's well, so a it, bad idea. So, uh, so the Geek Father is still there every week. I, I come in every other week and he has a guest host or does an episode on his own when I'm not there. Well, that's awesome. That is awesome. So we got a lot of things to talk about and we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. So please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. We did a call out already on our Facebook group and we had quite a few people actually write in with their lists of their geeksy questions. So we're going to put that out to everyone at home. After you hear this, please write us. We'd love to hear from some of our listeners and, you know, let us know what you guys are, we're geeking out about. And, you know, we'll, over the next couple of weeks, Mike and I will read these over the air so we could let everyone else know what you were geeking out about. So maybe we could go all through the year about geeking out. So you know, that's, pretty- that's a good point, Mike, because uh, I, I must say this I don't know. I think there's a lot to digest this year. I mean, as uh, Ashley already alluded to, we had a lot of big events happen. Um, and now, you know, where there's just an embarrassment of riches, right? We've got so many streaming services, so many networks, so many different shows and movies and things happening. It's really hard to keep it like all like to take it all in. Um, and then for me to remember it. So like I was really struggling uh, with trying to figure out this year in particular, like, oh, was this, what was this year? What, what was, what, what came out? And so I really had to like dive in uh, and do some research as to exactly what things happened this year. And uh, I think, I think going forward, I'm going to have to start making notes throughout the year. Like, Hey, this quote was really good. I should put that on a list, you know, because uh, it's getting to the point now where it's just, it's, there's so much out there. There's so much. 
You'd be surprised if there's any list that we're going to be talking about that has everything the same. I know there's going to be some similar items on people's lists, but I'm I'm going to be shocked. There's just so much information this year that, you know, there should be at least somebody, some people having like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, that's awesome. You know, that type of thing. Sure. It's pretty awesome. Sure. And this is, you know, also not only to a good chance to review what we all saw and what we all dug, maybe not of uh, 2019, but, you know, for those people who missed out on this stuff, you know, it's all still available to binge and to, to watch and to stream. So, uh, you know, good recommendations for everything. Totally so makes sense. Ready to get started? Let's jump in with both feet, my friend. All right. All right. So our first category in putting 2019 in the geek seat is our favorite geek out moment. Now, this can be in a movie, a television series, comic, novel, song, what have you, just in some sort of media uh, where you, as a viewer, geeked out incredibly. Um, and so we will start with, uh, Jen, we'll start with you, since you're the, the newbie on the station. <laughs> what was your uh, favorite geek out moment? So, I mean, as most people, for all of these questions, I'm sure, had multiple moments. Uh, and it's similar to you. I really tried to struggle and go through what <laughs> happened this year and what didn't happen this year. Uh, but then once I started getting going, I tried to think like really what, what really affected me. And what I narrowed it down to was um, the previous season, this, this past year's season finale on the magicians on the sci-fi network. Interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot of other people who watch the show, uh, at least around me in my friend group. But, and I, when it first premiered the, the very first season, like I had a love hate relationship and then it just really grew on me. And the, the finale from the, the last season that aired just really got like, I bawled. I cried so much. It was because a, char- a major character left and they just had just been doing all these beautiful musical episodes. It just really got to me, really affected me. Uh, and even though it made me really sad, I, I realized like as cheesy as the show can be, um, all the actors' performances on it now really resonate with me. Uh, and it and it, I, I really geek out of the show over the show, but I also get really emotionally invested in it. So for for me, it was it was that. And now this is, uh, yeah, because I'm aware of the show. Uh, I haven't seen it myself, uh, but I do know some people who, like you, really uh, love the show. Uh, in fact, uh, I believe the mayor of Chickentown is uh, a big, big fan uh, of the show um, over there on the Flopcast. Uh, now, is this the, the a season finale or a series finale? It was the season finale. The new season's actually about to okay, so it's not here in about right? three weeks. Yeah, not done. Gotcha. It's just that somebody... Uh, somebody who had been there since the beginning and was our, our I'm trying to like not spoil it. Sure, sure, <laughs> but, sure. Uh, the, the central that. character, the central character who we, we start watching the show around uh, had a big arc. Gotcha. And, and ending. So it was uh, done in, I think, a very powerful way. And uh, they, they used they do a lot of like quirky like little musical type of things and they did 
a scene where they were all the characters were singing parts of the aha song take on me and it just like I, in any other show <laughs> i think you would have been like really like this is so cheesy but here you half the people aren't even singing on key but like you're just crying because it's just so beautifully done and you just get wrapped up in the emotion of the scene that they're setting when they're all singing the song uh, that's that sounds great. I, I I do have to say too because you made up a good point too. Um, um, because we are mentioning geek out moments, moments, things that we liked and didn't like throughout the year. We're probably uh, just a fair warning to people listening. There's probably going to be some spoilers in here. So oh, yeah, we should have yeah. said that. <laughs> <laughs> majorly. So, uh, said we're going to try not to spoil everything that happened in 2019, but there's going to be some chances. There's going to be some times where we have to talk about some moments. I think so. So uh, yeah, good way to bring that up. So uh, also, now we'll go with Jamie. What was your favorite geek out moment? Um. So this this one was rough. Um. But I'm gonna have to two. I've got uh the movies because in game when all the portals opened up and everybody came out, that that I bawled, I cried in the theater. Still when I watch it at home I cry. And then um the Jonathan Hickman X Men relaunch. Just all of it. It's been amazing. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um uh, I- I'm excited for X-Men in a way I haven't been since I was in my 20s. And that's a franchise that's been in desperate need of something like that, right? Well, it's been good. It's had good moments. It's it's not ever been bad. Rosenberg did a start um, just before Hickman. I feel like he kind of got robbed um, because it was a good storyline. But But Hickman, man, he just... Like the last time I really loved X Men this much was the Grant Morrison run back at New X Men. Now there was always those thoughts that since Marvel and you know now Disney whatever didn't have the rights to the X Men that even in the comics that they were not really treated like the All Star team and the books that they were you know for decades. Um, have you seen that shift? As that. Do you think that's a fair shift, a fair statement? And have you seen that shift uh, sort of change since Disney now bought Fox? I feel like you've taken my tinfoil hat uh, because I always thought that they were pushing the Inhumans because they didn't have the X Men. That's that's and, the rumor, yes, right? Well, yeah. And then I don't see many Inhuman books coming out now, and I don't know if that's because people didn't attach the characters or this, the the books they put out were quality i mean there were good books like death of the inhumans was awesome but they just there wasn't a connection to the inhumans like there's the x-men so i i really personally like you know my belief that yes it once disney got the rights back and marvel could make their movie yeah they, they've swung for the fences same with the fantastic four right right yes because they they came back this year as well mm-hmm so, well, that's good to hear. And I'm not brushing over the your uh, Avengers Endgame moment. I'm uh, at least not intentionally right now because I know, I imagine Endgame is going to be talked about a lot in the next yeah. uh, little bit. So, uh, but uh, how can you disagree with that? Uh, you know, the, uh, you hear, uh, Rody say, no, it's Sam, right? Who says on your left. Yeah. And yeah, yeah oh. it's, yeah. It, it Even thinking about it now, 
my uh my hairs on the back of my neck are standing up it's just it's i got that spidey tingle it's it was a great moment um all right ashley what about you well, I know this is going to come as a little bit of a shock to people who know me, but I'm going to pick Star Wars as my favorite geek out <laughs> moment for 2019. I know big surprise out of left field there. <laughs> She's actually dressed up like Ray right now as so, we're recording this, just for no other reason. Just, exactly. <laughs> she does that every day. I just now, wear so. it to work. So <laughs> it's a Monday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have been looking forward to episode nine for a long time, pretty much since I saw The Force Awakens. I mean, looking forward to seeing how, what Disney would do with Lucasfilm kind of under their watch. And I know the film has generated a lot of discussions. Some people like uh, the sequel trilogy. Some people don't. Some people prefer one film over the other. And But for me, it was just really great to see um, my favorite franchise wrap up in a way that was both emotional and satisfying, at least for me. Um, Ray is a character who's really important to me. Um, She's been kind of a personal inspiration during some tough stuff I've gone through. And just her courage and her determination have really spoken to me, um, inspired me to really get into cosplay. And I love just seeing how her story arc wrapped up, just seeing her get to be a Jedi get to be the hero and save the galaxy. Um, I just love seeing that story. I can't wait to um, sit down with my niece someday and watch the movies and introduce her to Ray. She's three years old now, but I can't wait for her to meet this character who I think is a, is a great role model for kids. And I'm just really pleased by how things wrapped up. It's a little bit bittersweet. I'm sad because we won't have a star Wars movie in 2020, but I know I'll enjoy revisiting this trilogy and seeing episode nine a couple more times in theaters. I won't confess how many, but overall really pleased by how that wrapped up and excited to see what's coming in the future. All right. You're going to have to tell me how many times you've already seen it. I've seen it three times so far. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. That's cool. oh, the Hollywood odds are, you know, we're way off on that. We were expecting at least a dozen. And I did have some family holiday events and traveling to do. So that, that did, that did take me away from the theater a little bit, but I'm, I'm going back for new year's day since I have the day off. So. Excellent. Excellent. It's so cool though. I'm glad that that's paying off uh, for a lot of people. And, and we talked about it on the show just last week. I mean, it, I, I think it was very solid and I do want to see it again myself. So, uh, so, okay, Mike. All right, my favorite geek out moment was the birth of Disney Plus. Oh, okay. All right. It basically gave me everything from my childhood, everything every movie that, you know, I grew up with, every Pixar that I had, you know, from my late teen years on. It had all the Star Wars movies. It had National Geographic, the Jeff Goldblum show. You know, it is pretty awesome. The Imaginarium show, there has original content. And then Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know, it brought all of that to my screen. And because I have Verizon, I'm getting it for free for the first year. So it is pretty darn awesome. Right. So and really, Disney you said Plus, you said yeah. all that, but you just meant Baby Yoda. Yes, <laughs> of course, duh. <laughs> no, Disney Plus has been awesome. It's like you know, watching Incredibles, watching Toy Story, watching all the Pixar shorts, all the classic Disney, watching Robin Hood, watching you know stuff like that. You know, stuff I hadn't seen probably in at least fifteen years. It's pretty darn awesome. And I was an animation major. 
And, you know, so this was all right in my wheelhouse and it was just awesome to watch. Yeah, it is a great resource to have. Uh, It was one of those things, even without the Mandalorian, it was a no brainer that I was going to sign up for this. Oh, exactly. It's like, I didn't sign up for DC. I didn't sign up for, you know, any other CBS. I didn't, you know, I haven't done, you know, anything. Yeah. No, you don't even have BritBox. No, I don't. And Doctor Who is my wheelhouse. Exactly. You know? Well, you own a lot of those did already. So. Oh, I know, but it would be, it's, that's what I love about Pluto TV is I can watch Dr. Who every, any time of the day. Cause they have Pluto TV has a Dr. Who channel. So not that I'm talking about that as one of my favorites, No, no. but Birth at Disney plus was just amazing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Right. And I think the, the full impact of it, because it, it's so, it's still fresh to me only a couple months. I, I just haven't really, but uh, really felt the impact just yet. But uh, certainly as these other streaming services, because uh, we're going to get one from like Warner Brothers slash HBO next year and some others. So it'll be really interesting. But I think Disney Plus has got a solid foothold. I think one of, it's one of those ones that almost everybody has to have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, my favorite geek out moment was... Uh, uh, during the credits, watching the credits of uh, Avengers Endgame and thinking they did it. Like, I couldn't believe that they pulled it off. Like, this 10-year, over 10 years, 20, was it, 24, 25, something like that. Like, two dozen movies. Um, and, uh, you know, to put together a, a uh, conclusion, which took uh, two movies... The first one, you know, a massive cliffhanger to resolve that and then have everything pay off uh, in a, such a satisfying way. And, and this might um, lead into some other categories for me uh, tonight. But, um, I, you know, this movie was way better than it had any right to be. Um, and, and there's so many individual moments as well as like huge group moments and, and it's just a great culmination of everything. And it really makes me excited for what's going to happen, you know, in 2020 and beyond. Uh, Cause we're, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, the franchise, the characters, the Avengers, like both on screen and, you know, behind the scenes, how Disney like re- like recovers and rebuilds again after this epic storyline, but man, you know, uh, I've read a lot of, <laughs> I've read a lot of big events in, in, in comics and seen a lot of, uh, events, uh, you know, this year we had, you know, star Wars and did the Skywalker saga game of Thrones ended. And to me, like Avengers proved that it was possible, but also how difficult it is to be able to pull that off. Um, because, you know, there may be some debates about, you know, how other things have ended this year, but primarily, I don't, haven't seen too many people, if at all, complain about Endgame, you know? I mean, sure, I'm sure they're out there. Jamie, I'm sure from the comic store perspective, you see a lot of that, but <laughs> people will complain about it. Strangely not for Endgame. Strangely not for Endgame. That was pretty much a, a solid across the board. So, uh, so that's mine, uh, Mike. Uh, do we have any from uh, our any any picks from our listeners slash uh, uh, interactions from the, the uh, fans <laughs> over in the group Facebook group? 
Oh, we quite as heck do. Okay, let's get started. Eric Wittsinson um, from the ELO podcast uh, wrote us, and he said his favorite geek out moment was how great the Mandalorian was. It's the first time since Timothy Zahn's heir to the Empire series that something truly caught the feeling of the original trilogy. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Nick Frazier. Favorite geek out moment, Steve Rogers is both Captain America and the Mighty Thor at the same time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I love Thor's reaction. I knew it! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, our friends at the Starpod Log podcast, uh, favorite geek out moment was, of course, the Mandalorian for them. Okay. Wow. Um, Elizabeth Laney, uh, her favorite geek out moment of 2019 was discovering a children's picture book at the library where she works called snow fight, a Warcraft tale. There might not be, there might be hope for the world yet. She posted. Okay. Which is pretty awesome. Friends of the show, Bobby. The world in general, the world of Warcraft. Probably the world of Warcraft. Okay. Oh no, that's hosed. That's hosed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Friend of the show, Bobby Nash, Captain America lifting and using uh, Thor's hammer in Avengers Endgame. He says he still gets up choked up seeing it. It's a pretty powerful moment. Friend of the show, Julie Felipek, wrote, It's the launch of Disney+. Plus. It was just so good seeing all the cartoons I grew up with. DuckTales, Tailspin, Dark Wooden Duck, Gargoyles, Doug, and The Mandalorian was an added bonus. And then Rob McIntyre wrote, uh, His favorite geek out moment was The Joker. This film was so much better than I thought it would be. It's good enough wow. for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like, yeah, I mean, those are all valid. Um, I'm going to throw it out there too, for some honorable mentions for us real quick. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but not really because of, you know, how divisive it was, but you know, to me, uh, something that was, that I thought about, I, well, I made my honorable mentions was uh, Arya taking out the Night King in Game of Thrones. Like, I, I actually stood up in my chair when that happened. I thought it was uh, amazing. And for you to stand up at any time. Is I know. Awesome. I'm comfy. And once I get sitting there and watching stuff, yeah, I don't want to move. So so I, I, I thought that was a big move. Anything uh, else regarding Game of Thrones that anybody can throw out there? Or was that like, you know? Oh, positive? No. <laughs> um mine is that Arya survived okay like it was it was an honorable mention that she survived like that's really all i cared about going into the final scene is and was i needed her to survive because favorite character from the books favorite character on the show i cosplayer that's so she lived yes, that's all that matters absolutely. <laughs> uh and she was i think she was one of uh my favorite like there was you know like back and forth about the the last season, but her uh, her arc I think was the most compelling to me um, in the mm-hmm. final season. Um, and and Ashley, you discovered Game of Thrones for the for, like you went through the whole season like in one this whole year, right? Yes, I did. And it actually made my uh, honorable mention for favorite geek out moments. Um, I had had Game of Thrones recommended to me several times, but had just never got around to uh, watching it. So I do want to give a shout out to my coworker, Tim, who just kept peer pressuring me and bugging me to start watch it, 
watching it. And then as soon as I did, my husband did not see me for the whole summer practically, because as soon as I got home from work, I was heading down to the basement to watch Game of Thrones. So like others have mentioned, we can debate how the uh, show ended. And I have a feeling we will be talking about it a little more throughout this episode, but just what a fantastic world with so many deep, really fascinating characters and just a great place to explore. And I think it's one of those, regardless of how you feel about the ending for me, the journey was 100% worth it. Um, I want to watch it again so I can kind of um, think about more of the details I missed and who knows, maybe my next cosplay, I'll take a break from Star Wars and might dip into Game of Thrones. So We'll we'll see what happens there, but I really enjoyed getting involved in the show and learning more about that world and wish I would have watched it sooner so I could have chatted with everybody else, but I enjoyed just catching up at home. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Any sort of something else that didn't make the list? Oh, yeah. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I so, you know, was the... hoping you were going to mention Crisis because that's oh, yeah. probably like third on my list. I mean, there's so many, almost like Endgame, but different. There's, oh yeah there's 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 things from because i'm a more of a dc guy so there's things that crisis is doing that is just hitting me powerful geeky oh out. god yes you know and crisis was just so amazing for me it's you know this was i was 15 when it first came out and this was right in my wheelhouse and to see it up on the big screen and there's a lot of changes from what dc did originally but to keep it so coherent and so tied in with all the different shows and how they did keep a lot of the similarities of wiping out the planets and everything and the monitor and the anti-monitor and such, I have been enjoying it. Yeah, me too. That's definitely on my list. And the only other thing on my list was actually probably one of the very few things, unfortunately, that's uh, comic book related on my list. And that is the return of, Grendel Prime. Uh, Matt Wagner has a new Grendel series that that uh, I think the third issue comes out this week, if I'm not mistaken. And yep, uh, I, yes, I am so excited. Uh, Matt Wagner with that, that's that's what like really pulled me in uh, a long time ago was the Grendel series and showed me what indie comics could be. And I never thought really that I would see new adventures with Grendo prime and this whole odyssey of him in space is just fantastic. So uh, I am, and the art on it is fantastic. The, the, everything about it is great. So it's way better than, than I could have imagined. All right. So now we're going to flip the script and most disappointing moment um, again on screen um, media wise uh what do you have we're gonna start with jamie okay so um my my most disappointing isn't the way the series ended it was the way this last season was handled of game of thrones i i know that no ending was going to make everybody happy it's just like a comic a movie just no nobody's you're never going to please everyone but it it felt like they totally just gave up. I mean, the this the level of care in between the previous seasons and this season, just production-wise, really disappointed me. Like yeah, that, it was a, it was a it was too short a season. They gave them they offered them time. They offered them another season, but those two guys wanted to do Star Wars, so they rushed it. So that. 
that is why I'm frustrated. That was my letdown of the the entire year. And they also didn't have really anything like literary to go by as far as adapting it. They was uh, they were completely on their own, really. Uh, for I could be wrong, but what I've read is that Martin offered to help. He did. I I saw him in an interview say he did. They they kind yeah. of just got to where they just wanted to be done with it. Yeah. They wanted to do Star which they're Wars, not, and they're and, not doing it I, now. Which nope, is not at all. Righteous. I I had my vindication moment. I laughed heartily at that. Um, I mean, like there were just sloppy things. Like, yeah, there was a Starbucks cup, and if it was any other show, it'd be like whatever. But like, come right. on, y'all. Like, come on. Yeah. That wouldn't have slid in season two at all. Nobody would have let that go. So that's that was my letdown. It wasn't the story was fine. You know. I may have liked or disliked things, but it was just the production and the the lack of care given to something that people had followed for so long. So myself included. That no, that was absolutely. my disappointment. That is fair. That's fair. Uh Ashley. Well, actually, I'm just going to have to go ahead and echo you, Jamie, because I had the um, ending of Game of Thrones on my list as well. And pretty much just like you, I did not mind the story choices that they were made. I think that when you look at the narrative as a whole, it makes sense. Um, I thought they made some interesting character choices, but it really just felt like the showrunners like foot slipped on the gas pedal and they pushed it all the way to the floor. And it's like, we're just going to breeze through this ending right here. And I felt like things like Danny's turn and other little plot points would have made a lot more sense if they had just had space to let it breathe, which really is a shame because like we've said, people had invested so many so much time into these characters in this story and I felt like all they needed was either one more season or even a slightly longer season to just kind of develop this out and let it breathe a little more and I wished if the showrunners were getting tired maybe pass the baton on to someone else I'm sure there's lots of other filmmakers and talented people that would have loved to take that on so salivating even yes yeah so it's there are strange choices that were made there and I love the characters and I'm really glad I watched the show but that is something I wish they would have done just expanded out those final few episodes because stuff happened way too fast and people I think would have been more than happy to watch more of the show yep all right all right Jen what about you mine relates to the Game of Thrones ending but it also relates to Star Wars and my most disappointing I would say it was a running theme throughout the year was just how increasingly toxic fan bases or or not or trolls maybe who just wanted to instigate got online arguing when somebody would say they liked or disliked something and it just became the thing to like attack people because they disagreed with you and it's like I don't expect everybody to like the same things. I, I don't expect everyone to give glowing reviews of every property that comes out, but just the watching this uh, just la- lack of respect, I guess, for having a conversation with somebody rather than just like, I'm going to shout what I think and you're wrong because you don't think like me. Uh, and it's, it drove me off of social media this year. Like I, I really, I, I've been on a social media break since I got back from Dragon Con because I just can't. Understand. I, can't, I do not yeah. blame you. Do not blame you. I can't you. handle it anymore. Uh, 
I've actually been thinking about dropping Facebook completely, except for I have all the podcasts. Well, it's the same thing with me. Like every at the end of every year, when they're you know all these media outlets are like the best thing you can do for your new year is delete Facebook, and it's like I would love to, but I have so many things I need to advertise and events I need people to know about. So now I just I just jump on when I need to tell somebody, hey, there's a concert. Hey, this podcast yep. episode's I, new, you know, and then I get off. I don't scroll. I don't I, get in arguments or watch arguments or, or any of that anymore. Well, exactly. And it's gotten so bad. You know, I I've hate to put it this way, but I, I keep on telling Judy not to read it like an hour before she goes to bed because she can't sleep because she's so upset about crap she's seen on Facebook yeah. or social media. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I know it's a, it, part of it is being like the age in our in older age group, I think, and being raised as children of the 80s, 70s, that, well, especially me, I was raised by hippies. So I'm very much in the like, Peace out, babe. <laughs> like, you know, you're supposed to talk <laughs> to too. people a certain way and be respectful, whether you like them or not. If you don't like them, you just walk away and remove yourself from the situation. But, you know, like, try to believe that most people are genuinely good and it just destroys my soul when I see that they're not. <laughs> so I can't, I can't, just can't be a part of the social media geek scene that much anymore. It's, which is, and it's sad. Yeah, that is, that's, uh, yeah. And it does seem like it's, yeah, it is something that uh, seems to get worse every mm-hmm. year. And not better. So, um, uh, and yeah, the, the the powers that be don't seem to do be wanting to do anything to help change that atmosphere. So that's unfortunate as well. Um, Mike, what do you got? Oh, all right. I have to echo everyone else. I hate to say it. <laughs> um, it's the Game of Thrones final. It was so blah. And after when. You know, the Battle of King's Landing, when Cersei, you know, we thought, you know, she was going to stand up to the Dragon Queen. And the Dragon Queen basically went nuts and totally tore apart the whole city. That episode was, Judy and I were like at a hotel at the time up in somewhere in New England. And we were just, we had to be there to watch it because it was the last couple episodes. And we were just sitting in that hotel room with our jaws on the floor and going, Oh my God, this is just amazing. I couldn't believe this episode, how tragic, how horrible, how amazing all at once you had the story coming. And then you had the final two episodes and it was just like, Oh geez, what a letdown. And it was almost like, Oh, we're living the Sopranos over again. So (laughs) So you know it's sad when I was when I was thinking about uh things on my list and everything and conclusions and whatnot and I was like I was like I can't remember who's on the Iron Throne. Like that's what the whole show was about. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, I can't remember who it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's really bad. And when the, like <laughs> and when the dragon burnt the throne, it was like, really? You know, it's like, okay. That was the most meaningful part of that episode. Well, there is something that I did not like even more 
than the finale of Game of Thrones. Because at least I understood what was going on behind the scenes. So I, I kind of, I didn't give them a pass, but I kind of just said, okay, well, this is what it is. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? So um, I make the best of it. But there's one project that I was really looking forward to this year. I didn't. I don't really see a lot of bad movies because I can kind of sniff them out beforehand and go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go near that. Um, and I kind of knew better, but I had hope that uh, the new Hellboy was going to be at least decent. Oh. And my mm. God. Uh, talk about taking a great uh, character, a great indie comic cre- uh, character, by the way, and and just, uh, I mean, half-assing it is a compliment, right? It's just, it was, like, and no offense to David Harbour, who I thought would made a, casting-wise, and actually, you know, portrayal-wise, did the best he could. But the writing, the directing, and everything was just, it just seemed like a bunch of people like, like it's like the studio was like, oh man, if we don't do something with this, we're going to lose it and we don't want anybody else to have it. So let's just, you know, crap something out. And that's exactly what this was. And uh, it's very disappointing to see that. Um, uh, Yeah. So that was, that was my most disappointing moment. Um, I agree uh, with that one. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it was just, it was the worst movie I've seen this year. Uh, and I, like I said, I didn't see many bad movies. I didn't walk out uh, of many, almost, almost every other movie I saw, I walked out with a smile on my face. But that one, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, all right, Mike, what do we got? What does, what's we got from the uh, the gallery of folks? All right, uh, Rob McIntyre, Lion King. It just didn't live up to his hype that he was hoping it would be. Okay. Uh, Julie Philippeck, uh, the negative reaction to fans of both game and thrones and the star wars <laughs> the rise of skywalker oh. he says she said i understand they both had their issues but the amount of uh vitriol that i saw for fans yeah. just made me so sad yeah totally agree with that one uh bobby nash uh hellboy he agreed with you mikey <laughs> and we're shocked and we- there <laughs> And we saw it together. Oh, that must oh. have been a fun car ride home. <laughs> wow. Misery loves company, I guess. All right. Um, Elizabeth Laney. It really bummed me out this year to find myself not obsessing over Doctor Who or the last Star Wars movie. I found other obsessions, but I really wanted to like the new Doctor Who. And while I like the new Doctor, I couldn't find any enthusiasm for the stories. Similarity, I've been feeling been deeply into star wars fandom these last few years but found that the last jedi completely drained away my enthusiasm for the conclusion of the saga this lack of interest in two of my favorite fandoms is definitely my most disappointing moment of the year our friends at the star pod log podcast uh disappointing they didn't have one well okay good on them Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Um, Nick Frazier. Uh, what his most disappointing geek out moment was at Astra. What a waste of talent. <laughs> I still haven't been able to bring myself to watch that one yet. Me neither. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that one either. I was offered a free Blu-ray of it. And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, but he said Hellboy was a six uh, close second. So, hmm. and our friend Eric with Sensen. Uh, most disappointing geek out moment 
the ending of The Man in the High Castle. It was less of an ending that, than a cliffhanger for another season. The new well ahead of time that it was the last season and should have wrapped it up properly. Did anyone watch that show? I haven't watched it since the first season. No, me either. I'll, I'll go back to it at some point. It's just st- other stuff keeps catching my eye first. What stuff? Yeah. Having time. Yeah. It was a little brutal for me. Yeah. It was really hard. I could understand that. Yeah, my wife stopped watching it after the first episode. She says, hitting too close to home, you know? Yeah. So. And that was, is that it? Mike? That's it. Okay. I did it real. I thought Robert was last. I went the other direction. Robert was first this time. Ah, you switched it up. Okay, I'm doing gotcha, round gotcha. robin two with the emails. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are. You are. All right. So now it's time to reveal our favorite character of 2019. This can be real or fictional. So it could be someone in real life or just someone you saw on the screen. And yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how many of these are not Baby Yoda. So we're going to start with you, Ashley. Well, I mean, if taking Baby Yoda out of the equation, I feel like it's only fair. Otherwise, there would be no variety in this conversation. But um, yeah, Agreed. Uh, very agreed. <laughs> so I'm going to pick my two other favorite characters as a tie between them. Um, Kylo Ren and Iron Man are my two favorite characters from my two favorite respective franchises. So I was really curious to see how their story arcs would be wrapping up in their respective movies. And overall, I was really pleased. Sadly, they both died. So I, I'm i still trying to get over that. Disney, thanks for that. But um, <laughs> I, I did really enjoy seeing how their character arcs wrapped up. In terms of Iron Man, it's been so fascinating to see him kind of go as a self-titled um, billionaire genius playboy philanthropist, I believe is what he calls himself. And then being the one who sacrifices himself to literally save all of time and space. I, I think it was such an incredibly powerful and beautiful moment at the end of Endgame. You know, he's not one of the people with superpowers, but yeah, he sacrifices everything to save the people he loves. And in terms of Kylo Ren, I was really hoping for him to have a redemption arc as well. And I really appreciated how they did that pretty much every moment since when he had that moment with um, the memory of his father and just kind of breaking free of the darkness and making a choice to turn back to the light and risking himself. And I loved the end of the movie where he literally gave his life to let Ray live on as a way to kind of atone for what he had done in the past and provide a way to go hope on uh, to make hope live on. So I'm, I'm always a sucker for redemption arc. And so I really enjoyed seeing these two characters and the journeys they went on this year. Excellent. Excellent. Jamie. So um, I would have to go again, you took baby Yoda out. So we're going to go with Moira McTaggart. Oh, from the X-Men title you were telling us about. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it, he found a way to, to use her and and just answer all sorts of questions with her in an amazing way and it blew my mind so moira stepped into the sunlight i feel like cool jen so uh i have i pretty much have a tie for mine as well um one aria um because she more and more became the character i always saw her as in the book series um, and she survived. Uh, and then um, <laughs> Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery, as played by Anson Mount, was a revelation to me and just really stood out out of a lot of the characters I saw in various shows and movies the whole year. 
That is amazing because I have heard, uh, I'm not uh, on board with Discovery, but I've heard many good things about his betrayal of Pike and it does have me, I will say more than anything else I've heard about the show, it does have me. The, the past season that they that aired this year was leaps and bounds better than the first. I enjoyed the first, but, but it just, it stepped up its game. The people they brought in as actors, amazing. I'm I'm really looking forward to the next season. Cool. Mike? All right. My favorite character is Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Mm, nice. And he basically is Quentin Tarantino's Superman. (laughs) 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 He basically could do anything. Hey, beat up Bruce Lee. Beat up Bruce Lee. He took out the Manson family. Well, him and his dog did. (laughs) And it was it was just awesome. I just watched that movie over the weekend again, and it was just just as wonderful. And his character is just so laid back; he just rolls with all the punches. And but do not get on his bad side. Do not get. No. And it was just it was just awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I definitely considered both Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton in my list uh, because I thought they were both, uh, you know, if only one of them was in the movie, I still would have been compelled throughout the whole I'm going to be very right? curious if either of them get nominated for either Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. If they both get nominated, they'll probably cancel each other. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could see Brad Pitt's character getting Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, my pick for my favorite uh, character of 2019 is a new one. It is Benoit Blanc from Knives Out, the detective. Um, look, I am huge on the the, the whodunits, uh, great detectives, uh, big Sherlock Holmes fans, et cetera, et cetera. And to come up with a new take on a great detective is not easy. Uh, the Lord knows so many people have tried over the years, but Ryan Johnson did it with uh, Benoit Blanc. I can't, not only did I enjoy him thoroughly as played by uh, Daniel Craig, but um, I want to see more. I want to see more of this guy, this character, and I'm hoping that there's more movies. I should have a piano click key playing every time you say something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, and a donut, right? Of course. Um, Inside of uh, the hole and (laughs) with another donut inside of it. All right, Mike, uh, what, is, what did we get from our, our our fans out there, our listeners? Okay, Eric um, basically said, favorite character is Russell Buffanolo as played by Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Oh, that's something I haven't seen yet. No, nope, haven't seen it yet. So that's cool. Something to look forward to. Uh, Nick actually put uh, favorite character Hazel and Cha-Cha from the Umbrella Academy. Great characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and that was Mary J. Blige, too. It was just awesome. She was she was just awesome. Uh, favorite character from Star Pod Log Podcast, uh, Baby Yoda. But they, that doesn't count. So. <laughs> no, no, it counts. I think, we're, I think it's just unanimous, right? Oh, of I mean, course. Baby Yoda walks away, you know, walk, like, sips the bone broth and walks away with the award. Okay. <laughs> Favorite character from uh, Elizabeth Laney 
She spent over 30 minutes trying to come up with a clever, interesting choice for favorite character of 2019. That wasn't Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) And and at the last minute, Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian lost out to the cast of Critical Role. I discovered this live live stream Dungeons and Dragons show at the end of 2018 and grew really to love and appreciate the cast for their unique personalities, their friendship and to for each other and the world they work together to create every Thursday. They remind me a lot of my favorite podcast station crew. Oh, that's so sweet. Wow. That's well, that is, okay. that's a huge compliment. Thank you. All right. Favorite character from Bobby Nash is Harry, Harry Bosch. Ah, Bosch yeah, from yeah, Amazon's yeah. Bosch series and the novel mm-hmm. series by Michael Connolly. Uh, Julie Philippeck. Um, was uh, Jessica the Witcher. The actor did such a good job for the role because he should have been a character that I found very annoying, but instead was a good foil for Garrett. All right. And Robert McIntyre. Favorite character was the 13th Doctor. He loved Jodie's portrayal of the Time Lord. Cool. All right. Cool. Awesome. Um, so many other great ones. Uh, uh, you know, honorable mentions. Anyone? I got one. Actually, okay. two. Actually, uh, uh-huh. Alita: Battle Angel. Yes, I uh, I like that movie a lot, and it was tough because I really couldn't find too many places that I could put her on my best of uh, list. But um, I, I did really that that movie blew me away. That was just such an awesome, awesome movie. I still have to read the source material, so that's cool. Me too. I'm curious to do that and to watch the manga, uh, to watch the anime. Yes, and my other honorable mention was John Butcher from The Boys. Ah, very good. Yes, The Boys getting some love. Oh yeah, and uh, that was just such an awesome movie. Uh, actually, TV series coming back next year too. Any other honorable mentions? I think, Ashley, you already kind of gave yours, right? Yes. In fact, any others that I might have mentioned, I feel like other people have touched on. So a lot, a lot of great characters to be reflected on from this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Jen, any more? Uh, I have uh, Klaus Hargreaves from Umbrella Academy. Oh, Klaus uh, is awesome. I say, yes. He had such a powerful storyline throughout the whole season, especially when he went back to Vietnam. Oh, uh, yeah. He's... I think he grew the most out of all the. Yeah. See, I forgot that was 2019. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a long time ago in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> feels like it. Jamie, any more from you? I think Baby Yoda just wanted it straight yeah. up. Yeah. I'm, I'm rewatching Sailor Moon. Can I pick that again? Oh, sure. Why not? I'm rewatching Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. <laughs> That is um, always an honorable mention. Uh, some other honorable mentions that I thought of uh, from a wrestling perspective, I think uh, Bray Wyatt's character, The Fiend, is amazing. Uh, seeing it in person uh, at Starcade was just uh, chilling. So uh, I think, um, you know, there's been some stumbles with that character from, from WWE, but uh, I think they've got a handle on him now. And when they use him right, it's just uh, unlike anything they've ever done. Um, also, uh, Crowley and Aziraphale from Gay G- Good Omens. Oh. Um, such, such a awesome. good, yeah. yeah, 
a great adaptation. Um, it, it feels like it was a million years ago in some ways. <laughs> it does. But uh, so good. Uh, so, uh, so well performed. And last on my list is uh, Taron Egerton's performance, uh, portrayal of Elton John. He was on my list too. Ooh. Yes. He was yeah. great. So uh, I really thought uh, he, he did a fantastic job of that. So, uh, so cool. All right. So now we'll go to our least favorite character of 2019. And this one was really tough for me uh, because I really had a hard time just thinking about trying to think of somebody I just detested to see on the screen or hear from or whatever. Uh, and I'm going to go first, Mike, because the only ones I can think of are the two that are, uh, actually, as we speak and recording this on Monday, uh, they are getting married. <laughs> and that oh. is Bobby Lashley and Lana. Like Bobby Lashley, I think made my, it was my least favorite character of last year. Oh, you've, so you've hated be, him for years already though. Dude. I didn't think he could get any worse, but teaming him with Lana has made it exponentially worse. So, uh, oh, I just do not care to see them on the screen at all. So, and seeing them in person didn't help either. So, uh, so that's my least favorite character. And that's probably real and fictional both, uh, as far as Bobby Lashley goes. Um, all right. So we'll shoot around to others. Uh, Ashley, what about you? So I'm going to give my negative shout out to sadly, all the human characters in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I felt like <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters was 50% of a great movie. Every time the monsters was, were on screen, my eyes were glued to the screen. Um, I thought it was so compelling. The action was awesome. I felt more emotionally tied to the monsters, sadly, than I did to the people. So um, I feel like, unfortunately, the humans sadly kind of dragged the movie down and I would be totally happy if the next movie was just about the monsters interacting. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the next one will turn out a little bit better. Maybe the third time they'll get those human characters right. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, this is the that's the 35th the 36th movie with Godzilla. And let me tell you, I think there's maybe three movies where the human characters are are interesting to watch. So it's unfortunately it's par for the course when you watch those monster movies <laughs> oh well but godzilla was really compelling like i was really <laughs> feeling for the monster so i Absolutely. guess that's still a win <laughs> <laughs> all right jamie um the joker straight up um it, i liked him in the comics but he's been taken over and turned into almost the figurehead of a movement and that's a very scary and sad movement so unfortunately, the character bears the the reflection of the fandom, and it's it's really made me loathe it. And and plus, they're just putting it in everything now. There's like four different Joker books coming out, and and I'm just it's oversaturation. It's what the character stands for. It's lack of understanding. It's it's all of that. I've heard the movie's great, and I heard Joaquin's fabulous in it, but not for me. Uh, I can understand that. It's very yeah. I mean, I must. It, I, I, I watched that uh, movie and I was very captivated by the performance, but um, but the more I think about it, the more uh, I'm not really sure I I like where they what they did with the character. So and then yeah, I haven't I'm not up to date on a lot of my my reading. So, but I have noticed that I guess because of the movie that they've really doubled down on putting out Joker stuff. Yep. Indeed. 
Jen? You're on Greyjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, really, if you've seen Game of Thrones, like, you should get that choice immediately. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. I did not think there would be somebody I disliked more than Ramsey Bolton, but they proved me wrong. So, <laughs> and yeah, just, uh, I, I just wanted to like press fast forward every time he came on, but I couldn't because I needed to know how everything ended. So, yeah, that's fair. That's that's definitely fair. Uh, I probably should have thought of you. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I do hate Bobby Lashley worse. So uh, that's that's fair. Uh, Mike? Well, I'm not going to do any politics. I promise I'm not going to do any politics. So uh, basically, my least favorite character of 2019, anyone who appeared in the movie Hellboy. <laughs> you should i mean i the director and the writers that's who i'm picking on that movie like you know like i said i i thought that uh uh what's his name was fine in the role and oh, some other david, uh, david actors, was awesome i like david but it just what it didn't feel comfortable he wasn't comfortable in the role and you know it's bad when you're like you're looking at ian mcshane going what are you doing in this to be fair, that's, that's so a good. lot of movies he's been in, though, where you're like, wow, yeah, that's true. really? Oh, he, he needs to get a oh, now. Uh-uh. He, he needs to get a better agent. <laughs> uh, okay, so now, oh no, we got the. Did we do the the? We haven't listened to the listeners yet. Right? We haven't listened to the listeners. Okay. Listen, let's listen to the listeners. Okay, Rob McIntyre. Uh, least favorite character of 2019, any politician. He's so frustrated with all the parties. He said it for me. Thank you, Robert. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's why I love Robert. Uh, Julie Philippeck, Um, She said he, she doesn't have any least favorite characters, but instead a problem with how a character was used or not used. I wish Rose was utilized more in uh, Star Wars, the last Star Wars movie. I did read an article that some of her scenes were cut out because she was uh, prominently with uh, Leah and they were not working well enough. So they had to cut them out. All right. That makes total sense. Uh, Bobby Nash, uh, least favorite character, Dr. Smith, Parker Posey in the Netflix Lost in Space. I can see that. Yes, a lot of he people is, don't. He is not a Parker Posey <laughs> fan. I can tell you that. Yes. Like that's it's more Parker Posey oh, than okay. Dr. Smith, I think. <laughs> but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. So Okay, uh least favorite character in uh, for Elizabeth Laney was Patrick Stewart's character in Charlie's Angels. It was a big disappointment, but then so was the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, isn't everybody in that movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, from our Star Podlog podcast friends, uh, least favorite character once again none. They liked everybody. They're so wow. sweet, you know. They are okay. Nick Fraser, least favorite character. Oh, <laughs> fictional or real? Our president. <laughs> okay. And as a reminder, whoever writes to us, these are not the opinions expressed by the hosts. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> so please don't take it out on us. Uh, okay, least favorite character from Eric uh, with Simpson. Uh The new side character in The Good Place. The show is still decent, but the new characters were very bland and undeveloped. 
that I think he was meaning the characters that they were trying to prove that people can change. Yeah, I could I can see where he's coming from, but I I still love the show, and I and it might not be as strong, but I I've grown to like them mm-hmm. as well. Oh yeah, and it's the show's ending on a high note, so it's cool. Yeah, I'm. Ooh, that's yeah, and that's everybody. Love that show. That's everybody. All right, so not terrible, terrible. There's no unanimous though. There's no uh, person or character that's walking away with this award though. It seems like it's spread. Oh, out. I could think of one, but we're not allowed to name them on the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so you're probably right about that. All right. So uh, <laughs> he shall not be named. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we're going to go back to our favorite stuff. This is uh, our favorite word, phrase, or quote. Uh, or pose. I don't think. Uh, yeah, we didn't put pose no, on here, but pose. pose is definitely valid. Um, but uh, so yes, uh, I know it's a late entry for those people, but uh, po- we will accept pose as well. And uh, we're going to start with Ashley on this one. Mine is actually a pretty simple one. I'm going to go with "I am Iron Man" um, at the end of Endgame. I already talked quite a bit about Iron Man's arc, but I loved just the the confidence he said this with and how it just brought the whole entire MCU to a close. Like he basically kicked the whole thing off by holding his own press conference and giving away his superhero identity by saying, I am Iron Man. And then he brought it all to a close by um, proving that he was worthy to be an Avenger and worthy to be a hero by telling Thanos, I am Iron Man and then snapping the gauntlet and saving everybody. I thought it was just such, such a powerful moment and a great ending for my uh, favorite Avengers character. Yes, absolutely, man. That I, that's probably not going to be the only end game quote that we get here, but uh, <laughs> Jen, what about you? Uh, well, this one uh, is probably going to be a lot of people up there for a lot of people's top but this is the way this is the mm. way yep it's amazing how that little show it's a late <laughs> entry but it's uh very impactful it's, it's, right it's zeitgeist yep uh yeah because there's another quote that's uh that's taken everybody by a storm by that one too and i don't know if that one's gonna it was it was my second choice. Yeah, <laughs> <your> second choice <laughs> jamie so what do you call the noises that Baby Yoda makes? Alternately, on your left. That was that was amazing. Mm, yes. My- Knew everything was going to be okay. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just like I said, I still get chills thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for mine, I have spoken. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes. It was so sad what happened to him. I was like, oh, but yes, that it was just like I tried using that on Judy. It doesn't work, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't work on my husband either. So, <laughs> um, look, I had a ton. Uh, like I, I couldn't even get past Avengers Endgame when I was thinking of trying to think of quotes that I, I really appreciated. And uh, I'll mention some of these, I think some more of these in our, if some, if some of our listeners don't, uh, in, um, in our honorable mentions, cause there's so many, almost everybody gets one, but, uh, I'm actually going to go with a pose. Oh, yep. I'm going to go with a pose. Uh, we don't do poses very often in this category, but I, I was thinking about it and there's so many good quotes, but I was like, you know what? There's that pose 
there's that there's that moment in Avengers Endgame after um Spider-Man hands off the uh the gauntlet to uh to oh man, I can't remember who it is now. Captain but, Marvel. Um, yes. And she there's that scene where all the women characters, the main women characters of the MCU hold a 10 second pose on the battlefield for the benefit of those with flash photography. And it's just an amazing moment. Um, I mean, that, that is no words need to be spoken. And that's probably the, the one moment out of all the movies that I've seen this year where it wasn't a, it wasn't a quote. It wasn't a word. It wasn't a phrase. It was just a shot. And yet everybody cheered in the, in the, you know, in the audience that, that uh, the film and the crowd that I saw. So it's a, a cheerful moment and uh, it's amazing. I'm surprised more people don't have that shot as like their backdrops and stuff like that on their, on their Facebook pages and all that. But uh, so that's the one I'm going to go with. Um, Mike, what did, uh, what did some of our listeners say? Okay. Um, favorite word, phrase, or quote uh, from Eric Witsinston, uh was uh, he had, I have spoken. And he also has, unfortunately, make me a sandwich. I have spoken. Doesn't get me anything but the look from his girlfriend. <laughs> so. so it's a good phrase, but it doesn't work in real life. No. Uh, Nick Frazier. He did, uh, hmm, Skywalker, or perhaps I am Iron Man for his. Okay. Um, Starpod Log Podcast. Uh, Do the magic hand thing, baby. Oh, yes. That was good. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Favorite word creative froze from Elizabeth Laney. I've been massively obsessed with Critical Role in 2019. And my favorite quote of the year came during the group's live show at Gen Con when the dungeon master, Matt Mercer, told the Tufflings cleric jester, played by Laura Bailey, who'd just been polymorphed into a giant mammoth that the monster had just dealt some damage to her. And she replied, I'm a mammoth. I don't care. This is my new mantra. And also mammoths are cool. <laughs> so we, I know I just gave us the explicit tag, but that's okay. That's uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Bobby Nash wrote, on your left from Avengers Endgame. Yep. Uh, Julie Philippak. Uh, let's see. Uh, basically, Steve Rogers responding to his other self. I can do this all day. And he re- replied with, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's america's ass uh-huh. that <laughs> is another america's one. ass or i love you 3000 <laughs> all right uh okay then we also had uh from uh rob mcintyre favorite word he says let's be careful out there use it every day i'm a safety advisor and an old hill street blues fan Okay. Okay. There you go. That's fair. That's who we got. Um, other ones that uh, were honorable mentions for me uh, were um, uh, Benoit Blanc uh, about the saying, this case has a hole in the center, a donut. Uh, then he goes on further and says, I thought your story would be a donut hole inside the donut's hole, but now I see there's a hole in the middle of the donut hole 
or perhaps it's just a very small donut. Um, I love that line. And, uh, and then I have a bunch of Avengers Endgame quotes, which we've mentioned most of them, except for two. Um, we have not mentioned to me, which should have been, and unfortunately, like, like all the ones that we've said are pretty amazing. And on your left is the most, I think, emotionally powerful in the movie, but really it should have been Avengers Assemble. Oh yeah, that was oh, that was on yes. my list. Yeah, because when Cap says that, it's like it's the first time it's uttered in the whole franchise, and it just means so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a big one. Um, but also for me, um, my favorite Steve Rogers line actually is when he gets in the elevator and he's surrounded, and he says, "Hail Hydra." <laughs> <laughs> that was rad, <laughs> especially awesome considering all the 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 controversy with the comic and everything like that that was going on around that time too right that's very true so uh i i appreciated that any other honorable mentions ashley um yeah i'm glad that you brought up knives out i think there's a lot of fun phrases in that just pretty much anything benoit blanc says i think is quotable and entertaining so he was a great character and i definitely want to see more of him on screen uh they pretty much had already been already been listed uh the the only other one i had was um just not today being used again in the final season of game of thrones i mean that that phrase means so much to me i have it tattooed on my body so (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's epic. Um, Jamie? No, I think everything got like pretty much tagged there. All right. All right. So those oh, are I got our... one extra. Oh, do you got one? Okay. I cool. got okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah, a lot of uh good quotes and yeah, we'll just have to definitely make sure that uh poses we have to pay more attention to poses, I think. Not that it comes up very often. But uh, all right. So now that's all the stuff that uh, we saw on the screen, big, small in media. But now we're going to get in some real life moments. Uh, What was your favorite geek out moment in real life? Mike, we'll start with you. Walking through Gwinnett Place Mall and being able to see the set for Stranger Things Series 4. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's uh, probably doubly cool because not only is it the set of Stranger Things, but it's also probably takes you back. Oh, dude, I felt like I was a teenager again, (laughs) seeing everything, you know, just the way I remembered it when we used to hang out at the malls when I was in high school. Yeah, the malls were the thing back then. Exactly. And for those who don't live in the Atlanta area, Gwinnett Place Mall is a dead mall, basically. There's like only maybe a dozen stores open anymore all the anchor stores have closed except for macy's and that's probably not that far off and they decided to use it for what was it called star court yes. mall in the in in season four of stranger things and they revitalized the and redid the whole interior of a whole corridor of the mall to make it look like the 1980s and it was just awesome and on when they weren't filming they had fences up so you couldn't go on to the into like go up to the storefronts or anything but you could see through the fences and go like take pictures and stuff it was just really awesome 
That's uh, that, that, that. I do wish I'd gotten a chance to go out there. It's right across the street from where you live, dude. I know, I know. Is it still up? No, they've taken it down. Gotcha. Are they? Yeah, they're filming the next season. Yeah, right? season five is filming right now. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess they're not going to be in the mall. No. Uh, uh, it Jen? would be meeting, getting to meet, and have a good fifteen twenty minute or so conversation with Samantha Newark who uh, was the voice of Jim from Jim and the Holograms. Oh, she's totally it's outrageous. Awesome. It's awesome. She, she was everything 10-year-old me could have hoped and dreamed that she would be like in person. So she's, she's awesome. She's so sweet. Very cool. Um, yeah, celebrity meetings are really cool. I have a couple of those on my list as well. Um, Jamie, what about you? Um, so I think the coolest thing was, uh, at MomoCon, I got to mod into the Spider-Verse panel with Fabrice Sapolsky, who was the creator of Spider-Man Noir, Rico Renzi, who was one of the co-creators of Spider-Gwen, and Jim Mafood, who had done character design on the animated film. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and that was, I'm sure, to a packed house. Uh, yeah, actually, it was a full room, and I I was told that there were like 900 people streaming, but I never saw actual numbers, so somebody may have just been trying to make me feel fancy. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Did I know that MomoCon stream? Do they stream all their panels? Uh, not all of them, but uh, gotcha. they do have Twitch TV. Gotcha, gotcha. Very cool, very cool. Mike? <laughs> you already asked me. <laughs> did I already ask you? Yeah, you remember, you remember I did the uh, mall. Oh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. But I do have an honorable sorry. mention I could throw in right now. <laughs> sure. Throw in an honorable mention. All right. Watch it. That was basically uh, recording episode 500 of Earth Station One at Infinite Realities. Uh-huh. Right. That was an awesome time. Yes, it was. For many That of was us a big here. moment. So it was pretty yes. awesome. Yeah, that was a big moment. Not just the recording itself, although that was a lot of fun, but just what it represents, the fact that we've done now 500 episodes almost uh a decade of of programs it's just been amazing uh to to contemplate um and yeah that was that's almost overwhelming to think about it it was an amazing event not many podcasts make it to 500 and keep on going after (laughs) it's pretty darn awesome that's true and you know what it was awesome, like I said, Jamie to host us, and we had such a fun time doing it. And we experimented with uh, Facebook Live for the first time, and I think we need to work on that. Yeah, that probably is something that we definitely need to work on. Um, I'm definitely interested in trying out more of that, though. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because um, it would be kind of fun, I think, to uh, to do that. It was It was fun... You know, to to have that interaction with people, then when you maybe when we do this next year, we could actually do rig up something like that. Yeah, we'll see what Facebook has available for us, and we'll figure something out. So uh, this year, I would have to say that uh, my favorite geek out moment was uh, a creator owned uh, like thing I can check off a box. Uh, it was a birthday present from my nephew, and he had given me a plush uh, version, a plush doll of um, Tiki Zombie. 
Aww. And uh, it's from a company called Budsies. And basically all you have to do, if you draw it and send it to them uh, and pay them money, of course, uh, they will provide a very accurate plush. Um, the thing that uh, really makes me um, just appreciate this more is that not only is it a plush character, uh, a plush representation of uh, my character, Tiki Zombie, but it's a done by uh, my nephew's drawing. So it's a, it's, it's sort of his own take on it, um, his own unique take on it, which is pretty, pretty amazing actually. So uh, I have to give him credit for the idea as well as the execution. And uh, I just opened that up and, I have to say that uh, no matter all the celebrities and panels and stuff like that that I did and concerts and everything that I did this year, that was what I was really geeking out about. So That's awesome. Um, so, Mike, what did uh, some of our listeners geek out over? Okay, Rob McIntyre actually said his favorite geek out moment was celebrating his 40th wedding anniversary with Helen. They celebrated, they went to San Francisco and to Las Vegas for their wedding anniversary. Congrats, guys. Did they get remarried? I don't think they did. Did they go to the Chapel of Love? No, that was what Judy and I did. It was awesome. <laughs> married by Elvis? That's true. Um, let's see, Julie Philippeck. Surprisingly, it was seeing George Takei's panel at Dragon Con. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but my sister convinced me to go to the panel with her. He was the right level of humor while still telling stories of his life that should be horrifying to most of us. That was awfully, definitely something that she said, definitely a panel that made me think about life afterwards. Oh, wow. Uh Very cool. Uh, Basically, uh, Bobby's real life geek out moment, his novel, Night Vale, Crisis at the Crossroads of Infinity was uh, released. I've been a fan of the character since the late 1980s and have wanted to write her for over 30 years, and I finally got my chance in 2018. But it was released in 2019, and I got to debut in my favorite convention, Dragon Con. That was a geeky moment for me. Uh, Elizabeth Laney... uh, Basically, hers was favorite geek out moment was in real life. I had the best personal geek out moment of 2019 when I got to be a a dungeon master for my very first D&D game after trying to get up the courage for the better part of 20 years. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Our friends at the Star Podlog podcast, they said... Uh, their favorite geek out moment in real life, getting a hug from Mary Chifo at Starbase Indy. That is awesome. Nick Frazier uh, put his favorite geek out moment, was showing people movies they hadn't seen before that they liked. The best reaction probably being Attack of the Block. That's awesome. Great movie. Um, Still haven't seen that one. Oh, dude, you've got to see that. It's really awesome. You got to see the doctor in it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Eric said his favorite geek out moment, discovering how great Fringe was. Okay. That's what we got. Cool. Do you have any honorable mentions, Mike? Uh, No. uh, Basically, uh, being totally shocked when we were at the Atlanta Comic Con this year 
and walking into a panel room and it packed to the guild standing room only for us to talk about what's next with the Marvel universe. Yeah, that was impressive. I was totally shocked and it was a huge room too. And it was just like, that's uh, probably the biggest room that we've probably uh, biggest crowd we've ever spoken to. Mm -hmm. And we had to look and say, are are you guys here to see us? You know, that type of thing. They they weren't there to celebrate that for the 500. No, not at all. (laughs) They forgot about us by then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jen, the honorable mention. Honorable mentions? This is going to be random, uh, but I don't. I don't know random? if I'd say okay. a geek out moment, but definitely it was a, a favorite moment of relief. Um, I don't know if any of y'all really watch a lot of YouTube channels, but there's one that I subscribe to called Threadbanger. Um, it's a married couple, Corinne and Rob Zar. They're the longest running DIY channel on YouTube. Been on there for 13 years, mm. I think. Um, and they're, I think Rob is 38, 39. And over the summer, he essentially died in his sleep. Um, Whoa. A, a, a heart, I don't know if it was a heart attack or, or a cardiac event. And his wife, Corinne, um, started performing CPR and then the paramedics got there and they were performing CPR for 45 minutes and they couldn't get a pulse. And, uh, they eventually did got him to the hospital. Turned out he has an autoimmune, uh, disorder and he was in the hospital for quite a few months and was touch and go, but he survived and he's got a long road to recovery, but he just recently in the past couple of weeks started or past month or so, came back to his channel, has been able to start recording some new episodes. You could like see the toll it took on him and you could like hear it in his voice because he had a breathing tube, feeding tube stuff. So it really like affected his voice. You can, each video they've put up, you you know, see he's getting a bit stronger. So it was um, not having to have somebody that you follow and whose work you respect uh, die. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was a happy moment to uh, know he survived. That is cool. That is cool. Um, Jamie? Meeting Clayton Cowles feels kind of like petty next to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like, I, I said, I was like, I hate to like volley this I in your court. I said meeting but... Jim first. I mean, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. but, uh, I got to meet um, Clayton Cowles, the letter for Wicked Divine and Mr. Miracle and very, very many other books and I never get to meet letterers and it was the coolest thing Ashley? Um, yeah, so my favorite uh, geek out moment of this year was going to uh, getting to go to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago um, I had always wanted to go to the Star Wars Focus Con, but I didn't know if it'd ever be feasible. But this year it came to the Midwest. So almost on a whim, I decided to buy tickets and then like they sold out a couple of days later. So I was committed, but it was just such a great experience. And it was also kind of a cool uh, growing opportunity for me. This is one of the first trips that I'd gone on entirely by myself. And I didn't know anybody there, but I went and had such a wonderful time. It was great to see all the excitement, the cosplay, and 
just, just a wonderful time. I was really thankful. I got a chance to go once in a lifetime experience. And, um, I enjoy looking at my photos from that and definitely something that I will remember forever. Yes. I remember seeing your photos, uh, as you were posting them and thinking, man, she's having a great time. I was in my element, I guess you could say. <laughs> Maybe even more so than Dragon Con, dare I say. Oh, Dragon Con was wonderful as well. It's kind of one of the, like, it's a bittersweet thing. Like when you go to a con and you're done, like you had such a wonderful time, but then you're sad that it's all over for the year. But I, I always enjoy looking at my pictures and thinking about the, the fun times at different conventions I've gone to. And I've definitely got caught the con bug. So more to come. Any uh, other honorable mentions? Um, yeah, just uh, this year trying to get more into cosplay and just experiment with different things. Um, this year I tried to learn a little bit more about leather crafting and I was able to make one of my very own leather belts for a costume and dye it and prepare it. So that was pretty cool just to, just to learn about different techniques and um, just I like to tweak the costumes, add something new and kind of make them better. So it's something that's always uh, evolving, but it's fun and kind of a nice way to do something creative and then a good time to get to wear them to a con yeah absolutely uh, that seems like that's a, a huge learning curve it uh, is for, at least yeah for me. there's there's definitely usually some uh tears and um frustrations <laughs> express express with every cosplay project but <laughs> it all works out in the end gotcha cool um uh, well, as far as uh, honorable mentions, Mike, I'm going to actually uh, also, uh, you were part of this one too. We were on a panel with Mick Foley, uh, which was amazing. Um, of course, we neither one of us needed to be there, but it was fun to be there and to participate. And it's unfortunate that nobody can hear it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But it also was great this, that, that same day. We also got to meet Kevin Eastman. And yes, interview that, was, him. that was cool as well. Right. That was a cool one-two punch there for at SC Comic-Con. So that one you can listen to. Yes. We did release that one. So, uh, but the uh, panel with McFoley was great. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, McFoley's uh, right up there as far as uh, at the top of the, the wrestling list is for me. So that was uh, pretty amazing. Um, and uh, look, I, I, you know, um saw queen with adam lambert that was an amazing show um and uh probably the best one of the best concerts i've ever seen in my entire life so i have to give that a shout out as well and of see and speaking of wrestling things seeing the man in person at starcade uh was was <laughs> yeah was a dream come true for me as well so um Okay, so that's it for favorite geek out moment. Um, now we're going to go to most disappointing moment. Uh, geeking out, uh, sort of dis disappointing moment as a geek. Um, and we'll start with you, Jamie. I, I'm going to circle back around to watching people turn into complete and utter idiots online because somebody doesn't like the same thing they do. Mm -hmm. like you watch your fellow fans say something and it's like, really? Really? Now now creators have to have security at conventions because they get death threats because somebody didn't like what they did with the story. That that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, and, and that's and, no that's no joke. No, that that happened like multiple times. So that that's pretty disappointing to me. It's ridiculous yeah. that it's gotten to that. 
Yeah, for creators and fans alike, you know. I mean, we can't there's there's no this is supposed to be a space where we could talk about stuff and share things, not, you know, put each other down and uh it is it is nasty out there. Um Jen. Uh I would have to say the death of Peter Mayhew. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically somebody I've somebody I've gotten to uh spend some time around, at least here in Texas, because him and his wife Angie did a lot of charity events uh here with the Mayhew Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um so we've we've gotten to work at their events many times throughout the years and uh be close to him and seeing how much doing the charity work meant to him and just what a sweet guy him he was and his his wife as well. Uh so it was very, very sad to lose him not just as a fan but also as you know somebody who got to interact with him a bit i uh i got a chance to meet him once and that was fantastic i i will remember that and i guess it's telling because when i was watching the turner classic movies tcm puts together a great tribute video um sort of honoring those that uh, we've lost as far as classic movie wise directors actors you know etc and uh i've watched the clip now a few times um and it it never fails uh when they get to the moment and they show uh peter mayhew's name um and it's th- it's it the visual is a shot of chewbacca like crying like it it just tears me up every time that that get like i go through the whole segment like two or three minutes with and then i get to that one and i'm like oh and then I start feeling it. So yeah, that one hurt. We lost a lot of great folks. Yeah, I mean we do we do it every year. <laughs> That's just yes, that no, Sally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ashley. Yeah. Um. Jen and Jamie, I'm glad you both brought up um things about online fandom. That was what I picked as my most disappointing moment. Just really sad to see communication breakdown and people to go beyond sharing an opinion to say something really nasty either to a creator or a fellow fans um something that was particularly interesting for me to watch as a member of the star wars fandom is the last that i happens to be my favorite star wars movie so you could say that it hasn't necessarily been the most fun to be a fan for the past (laughs) two years i've gotten some grief for that but then what really frustrated me is that after um, episode nine came out, I have seen people who love the last day in the last today say some truly awful things. Um, one tweet that I saw that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. This is from somebody that loved The Last Jedi, but said, tweeted out that anybody who likes episode nine deserves to go to jail and doesn't understand Star Wars. And I just kind of like looked at that in shock. It's like, I I should go to jail for liking a movie and like this, this is not healthy at all. And I used to have a strategy that was like, oh, we, we should just ignore the negative people and they'll go away. But I don't think that's happening. So I don't know exactly how we move forward and start confronting that in a healthy way. But this has got to stop or it's going to be driving away new fans. I mentioned earlier that I really want to introduce my niece to Star Wars, but I'm at the point now where I would almost want to be like, you know, we're just going to watch the movies and talk about them ourselves, but definitely don't go online and try to get involved in conversations. And like, how sad is that? So I think it's something it's good that geeks, we have conversations about this and look for ways to stop it. Again, I don't know what the solution is necessarily, but it's something that we need to address and hopefully we can move forward together so that this can truly be a place that is safe and welcoming and friendly for all. 
Very well said. Mike? Very, very well said. Actually, mine goes along with what everyone else is saying is the toxic fandom and being a moderator of multiple Facebook groups. I've had to delete people from the groups or just delete posts and such because how close-minded these people are and how they'll just start being very irrational and it's just ridiculous and over and over and over it just comes out and it's it's almost tiring that i have to get written by people when i'm not on facebook hey the so-and-so is causing trouble and you know you know putting everybody down and cursing at people for every positive star Wars thing they've been saying or stuff like that. And it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Mike, cause I know you deal with it a bit, but um, cause as a fellow administrator, I see some of it too, but I, I, I have to say that I think, you know, we do try to provide a safe spot for our fandom. Um, and I think by and large, every, most people in the group are, are pretty solid folks. Um, that I, cause I've seen other, other groups and other things, other places where I'm like, wow, that's, I can't even imagine like any, any of our folks like saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. And I've always felt very fortunate with the ESO groups that we do and that we have some amazing people in there and you know we have some very people who are opinionated and there's no problem with having your own opinion we never will stop that but if you're abusive about it it's just ridiculous and that's where it gets bad there's a way to say that you don't like something without saying hey you're stupid because you don't feel the same way as me Exactly. exactly. It's no. called personal tastes. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And that's going to, you know, that's the horrible thing about it is, you know, way I, tr- I treat it is I treat people on Facebook the way I want to be treated. Obviously these people don't feel that way. And who knows if they're under real identities or what, but you know, this is just ridiculous and it's getting worse. And like Ashley said earlier, you would think if you ignore them, they will go away, but they're not. And that's the horrible thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I fear this is going to be something that's going to keep coming up. And I, yeah, like Ashley said, I don't know what the answer is, um, but hopefully, you know, and look, I feel like we're doing something wrong because throughout the whole night tonight, we have uh, talked about stuff that we don't agree with and we haven't really, we've been totally civil to each other. I, I don't feel like that's, I feel like that's weird. Right. Where's all the shouting and the anger? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like I should be getting a death threat or two. Um, sorry. No, um, no, you don't want that. No, I don't. Because um, I probably will now. And, uh, but uh, No, because, <laughs> and not to go down a path, but we're seeing a lot of things that five years ago wouldn't be permitted to be talked about or to be, you know, applauded and such, being applauded by today's society. 
and it's just not even online anymore. It's now in real life and it's getting kind of scary that, you know, some of it is actually making some people, including myself, think about maybe doing something about it and maybe picking up and leaving type thing. And, you know, just because things are getting really bad for people who are, are not the, I hate to say it, they're still the majority, but they're becoming less and less the majority, but they're more vocal and it's getting very ugly out there. And it's going to get scarier before it's going to get better. Well, I hope not. I mean, I hope that there's hope. I mean, you know, 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing things with better vision. Right. 2020. Right. Exactly. Um, All right. So I'm going to back this up a little bit um, because it is pretty intense. Uh, But really... Uh, personally, um, the most disappointing for me, uh, things that happened in 2019 was, uh, I had to look at like the lack of like cool Dr. Who stuff. I mean, we had one episode that aired on new year's day and that was it. We had no word until very late in the game that we were going to get anything or when we were going to get anything in 2020. So the BBC and BBC America were not really giving us anything. Um, uh, due to some, you know, unfortunate things that happened. Uh, there was no Conque uh, this year. Uh, we had the last Hulanta, so there will not be a Doctor Who convention in the in the South, uh, at least in the metro uh, Atlanta area for the time being. Um, and it just seems like it's a pretty weird thing that, uh, you know, I mean, and, and it just seemed like just it was only yesterday that Doctor Who was like reaching the highest heights, right? It's more popular than ever. And now it seems like mm, maybe not, right? It might be an afterthought for some people nowadays. Well, also when a show goes away for so long yeah. and so many th- other things step in to take people's attention. Right. Uh, but See it. BBC does that with a lot of their ongoing series where it's like, oh, we'll just take it off the air for two years. The fans will still be there. When it's coming back until like the week of. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. yeah. The Good Place had an excellent joke about British TV. They were like, uh, it ran for 16 years. There were nearly 12 episodes. Or like that. <laughs> yes, I remember that. That was awesome. The best 12 episodes so- ever. So true. So true. So, uh, so that's, uh, I was really disappointed in that. I was really disappointed in the, yeah, because it does come from, you know, the, the people that are making it, you know, if you don't make new episodes, if you don't inspire like the fandom, the fandom will move on, especially in this day and age when there's ooh shiny something over here. Right. So, or maybe with everything else going on, maybe BBC just decided, nah, we can't compete with any of that. So we're just going to whole wait it out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what their they mindset is. They knew Baby Yoda was coming. They knew Baby yeah. Yoda was coming. <laughs> well, all hope is lost. Um, Mike, what did we got? What did you hear from some of our uh, listeners? Sure. Um, basically, Eric said most disappointing geek out moment uh, in real life was not selling any of my old film posters leading up to Christmas. So it's been a little bit of a slow Christmas for him. Mm. Uh, Nick Frazier, um, JK Rowling's coming out as T E R F. 
was awful. Yes. Yeah, that hit, hit a lot of people. Yeah, that Ooh. really did. I, that actually surprised a lot of people. You know, very disappointing. It, it, it was surprising she just said it finally, I think, mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. She, she had made hints. Yeah, I had heard different yeah. things. And don't do that. That's another thing. Most disappointing moment from our friends at the Star Pod Log podcast. They didn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) I want to move over to the Star Pod Log because they like life is like a bowl of cherries over there. Exactly. Uh, Elizabeth Laney, my most disappointing personal moment of 2019 was leaving a longtime job that I love. Although a close second was completely missing Dragon Con, having gone sick during. The one day I'd hoped to drive down, not only did I miss the start of the cult of John, the FedEx guy, but I didn't <laughs> get to heckle. I mean, ask a question during the Earth Station Who panel. We missed you. We did miss you, Elizabeth. I'm not going to lie. We missed you. It's always great to see you. Uh, Bobby Nash, most disappointing moment. I had an accident that resulted in some injuries that I am still recovering from these past several months. Nothing like th- uh, threatening, thankful. But uh, let me reread that. Nothing life-threatening, thankfully, but damned uncomfortable and slowed me down with his writing output. He still only puts out two books a week. It's okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> can only put out two books a week. Exactly. Uh, from Julie Philippek, uh, she says, go back to number two. I saw enough of my friends who fell into the hatred of Star Wars movies and others like that and shows that came out this year that it took mo- uh, more to heart that I would have with it just from general fans. And that's what we were just talking about, you know, yeah. all the negative. And of course, Rob in the UK, uh, most disappointing was the closure of the factory where he used to work. He says he misses all the people that he worked with there. That really sucks when that kind of stuff happens, especially because he had been there quite a long time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Real real life can suck. Mm. Um, yes, it can. Trust me. Uh, any any dishonorable mentions? <laughs> like do do we do we want to stay in this rabbit hole? Well, uh, I, I feel kind of down yeah, now. <laughs> Just let me get one in there. Just one in there. Uh, the the march of the five to ten dollar comic books from DC and Marvel. Mm. That uh, yeah, that one hurts. So yeah, that's my other mention. Yeah, it hurts me. <laughs> hurts my bank account. No, I totally understand that, and you know, you know how I know more. Than, I know a few people, Mike, that have followed your lead and are 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 getting out of comics. Yeah, I. And sorry, Jamie, but yeah, um, I'm switching almost completely all to trades. The only thing I'm picking up right now regularly is Legion. But that See, is there's it. nothing wrong with trades, but I mean, it's driving no. people away from comics altogether. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I'm I'm talking about people who are just like not even, yeah, I mean, I've moved to trades for a lot of things, but um, but yeah, I know some people who I never thought would give up comics, they are getting out. I don't know. They're not, not. They're just not getting what they used to get, or something. I don't know. They, but they deserve a break today. You know, that's a that's a whole other conversation. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add is uh, it's very disappointing for me 
that uh, I wasn't able to uh, complete and produce Tiki Zombie uh, number four. Uh, no Tiki Zombie Kickstarter this year. Uh, just things happened, and before I knew it, we're in uh, at the end of 2019. So, but it is on the books for 2020. Um, so I'm hoping. So all those people who are waiting. I do apologize. Uh, I'm kind of like the BBC, right? I'm gonna gonna <laughs> <laughs> come out with a with an issue every few years. Uh, like, oh, I've been doing this comic for ten years. There's only three issues. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so there's uh, there's there's a lot that is hopeful for 2020, and I want to hear what you guys are most excited about. What uh, you think is going to geek you out the most? about the new year so we'll start with you jamie i am looking forward to seeing where x-men goes this year um i i'm really excited to see what marvel's gonna do for tv uh on disney plus that that's big and and part of that too is i want to see what disney plus is going to do to keep people who signed up to watch the mandalorian while they don't have a big new thing to keep them around longer that that's what i'm excited to see and more they're baby gonna, they're, they're need to, gonna need to come up with like one minute like like baby yoda doing something like baby yoda, baby yoda like baby yoda dancing baby yoda like you know sipping some more bone broth baby yoda you know sleeping like a, just a like 30 second thing like every week that they could debut that would keep you a baby yoda cam Yoda, baby Yoda. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's just Baby Yoda sleeping, like a, I will stay subscribed for Baby Yoda content. A Baby Yoda monitor is that what we're having? It's, a, yes. it's it'll be like the fire log they put Netflix puts on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So there's a Twitch channel that these cat breeders keep a camera pointed at their kittens all day, so you can just sit and watch kittens all day and i find myself looking at it when things get very bad because you look at little kittens now just imagine that with baby yoda yeah that'd be amazing yes that would work i think we're onto something i could see it being like the old spice guy you know look at you know look at me now look at the kittens now look at me imagine you know, yeah. something like that <laughs> look at the see baby kittens gorgeous wonderful see it could work Jen, what are you most looking forward to in 2020? Uh, I am looking forward to, in just a few short weeks, Picard premiering on CBS All Access. I've been waiting for it for such a long time uh, and avoiding getting any kind of spoilers, um, which that's something I've been really big on for about the past 10 months, is just not reading production notes, not reading casting stories about any, any properties, really just so I could get back to going in and watching stuff and being surprised. Um, May the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, I've done really good. Like I, I avoided all the Star Wars stuff. I only watched the first trailer and then avoided all other news. Didn't read any spoilers for The Witcher and went into it completely blind. Loved it. So it's really been, I've been enjoying a lot more shows and movies because I'm just not reading 50 articles about everything anymore yes. and all my news readers. Uh, it's the best way to do that. It is. And plus not not being on Facebook in the past couple of months has also helped me avoid spoilers. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how you can avoid those ten things you need to know before you go and watch this movie. Like that's essential. You have to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> the internet's telling me to. Come on. 
I mean, how could you just go in blind? Uh, like, do you I, do everything the internet tells you to? Duh. <sighs> oh. <laughs> all, this, neat, like, all this money I've spent on all I've seen on TV stuff. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never played a game of The Witcher, and I've never read any of the books. All I knew is that Henry Cavill would be cat had been cast. That was enough. That was yeah. I mean, <laughs> that well, no, no. What was enough was that it, I knew it was a fantasy show and had magic. That's that's what I need. That's my favorite genre. So f- fantasy. Uh, that, that's how you're going to get me. So I, 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 there's a lot of that happening. Yeah. So that's uh, when we're in. Yeah, our cup runneth over on that too. Um, Ashley, what are you looking forward to the most about 2020? I would say the movie I'm most excited about is the new Wonder Woman movie. Um, yes. The original Wonder Woman, I think, was it 2017, was one of my all-time favorite superhero movies. I just loved her. I love the character, and I cannot wait to see how she grows and her story continues in this new movie. Um, I'm also curious to see what the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to come out with next. I think they have a really cool and exciting opportunity now that they have wrapped up a lot of storylines with um, the uh, Avengers Endgame. And so now we can go off in some new directions and who knows what kind of storytelling is coming next and the, the black widow movie will be fun but i'm also really excited about the eternals i believe it's called just because i know absolutely nothing about the movie and i think i'm maybe even just keep it that way just kind of go in and be surprised so i'm really curious to see what happens with that now that um some of the constraints are taken off maybe and they can kind of tell whatever stories they want to and then of course also looking forward to the return of baby yoda in fall 2020 to disney plus of course of course, Baby Yoda. That's all this. This should it be Baby of. Yoda? Da 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 da. <laughs> Baby Yoda? Da 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 da. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Wow! <laughs> Way to mix two 2019, uh, 2019 things together. Mike, what are you geeking out about twenty twenty? All right. Uh, what I'm actually thinking about is the return of Doctor Who. Westworld and Outlander, three of my favorites. Um, Westworld, I'm a little hesitant on how they ended season two. And so, but from what I'm seeing on the previews and the trailers, I am very much looking forward to what they're going to be doing. And I have to say it, I might actually be breaking down and getting CBS All Access to watch Picard. <laughs> hey, if you wait till the season airs, then you can get that free week trial and just hey, it there we go. <laughs> I will make it so. <laughs> wow, I see what you did there. Oh. Um, I uh, echo many of what you guys have said about uh, certainly. I think uh, movie wise, Wonder Woman is at the top of my list. Uh, you know how I feel about Westworld, Mike. Oh, I know. Uh, We've come to blows so, with it a couple times. So Westworld <laughs> is like, I'm, I'm there. I'm eager. But I will have to say that the thing that I'm most excited about uh, in 2020 is going to happen like right off the bat in January. And that is the Good Place season, a series finale. Uh, this show has been consistently amazing, has done things that I didn't think were possible in a TV show. The cast is amazing. I cannot wait to see how they wrap this up. The story that they've been telling, uh, I feel like, you know, it, look, 
we've seen all these. It's as we've said, it's tough to stick the landing in a lot of these series. So I have no fork and shirt balls how they're going to finish it. I I'm with you, and I don't know, but I have confidence in them because they've so far produced such a great product that I I have to put my faith in Mike Shore and the rest of them uh, to deliver the goods because they haven't steered us wrong yet. So. Um, and I'm really eager to see, and, and depending, you know, this could go down as one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow. Um, so, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, look, I could like, if I hope that somehow when the dust settles and even if it's not in the good place, uh, series or anything like spinoff or whatever, uh, I, I just would like to see Ted Danson and Kirsten Bell, like just hanging out and talking to each other because they are amazing together. Um, they should be with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler and do a couple's like podcast. <laughs> I'd, like I'd the be people down for that. you just want to see chill. I'd be down for that. Um, um, so, uh, Mike, what a Dara listeners are what are they looking forward to okay rob mcintyre uh he's looking forward to the future nothing is written and anything is possible he's ready for doctor who in other words i guess so okay uh julie philippek um she's looking forward to witcher season two i somehow missed the fact that this was a series written by a polish author since I have Polish heritage and I'm going to go in Poland in 2020, this is making the top of my list. It also helps that I really loved fantasy and will help fill in the gap I really have felt with this genre. And the quality was just so high that I'm excited to see where it goes next. Very cool, Julie. Uh, Bobby Nash, I'm looking forward to more fun writing gigs in 2020. I'm making plans. Here's hoping we can make that happen and i'm also excited to see what my creative friends do in 2020 as well i have some amazing very talented friends he didn't mention us but he just said his friends that's good he just did he just did mention us (laughs) okay elizabeth laney uh basically she said what she geeks out most about 2020 as with every year i look forward to the endless possibilities and all the new nerdy geeky stuff to anticipate love hate obsess over and listen to podcasts about and that's what she is looking forward to she also said happy new year to the entire eso podcast network thank you for so much for all the work you do to make these podcasts happen and thank you for sharing your love and enthusiasm to geek culture with us all the listeners eso podcasts have been a big part of my life from my very first doctor who panel at dragon con where i heard all about esw podcasts and thought Maybe I should start listening to that. Here's to the station maintaining its orbit for many, many years. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Elizabeth, you are awesome. Uh, our friends at Starpod Log, uh, they're basically the only thing they're looking forward to in 2020. Big explanation points. Picard! <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. Keep up the great work on your podcast, guys. We love hearing what you guys are doing. Uh, Nick Frazier, what's geeking him out most about 2020? Being on programming again at NorwestCon this year. Cool. That's awesome that you get to be on panel, sir. Uh, Eric wrote, and he said, what geeks him most about 2020? Completing 
the archiving of my C section of my record collection. So I guess it's going to take a while to do. I guess that sounds like it. That's awesome. Thanks, Eric. And also keep up a great job on your podcast. My wife and I listen to your Electric Light Orchestra podcast every week. It's really awesome. So awesomeness. That's it from all our listeners that who wrote in. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the listeners who wrote in and gave us suggestions. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. And hopefully we get to hear from you guys more often in 2020. That so, would be cool. Um, Yes, absolutely. That's something that I definitely look forward to. Uh, anything else that uh, we're looking forward to in 2020? DragonCon. DragonCon. <laughs> DragonCon, of course. Speaking of that, DragonCon report comes back in just four short weeks. Whee! Wow. That's right, folks. It's already happening. The countdown has started. Yes. Actually, yes. I think the countdown starts as soon as we leave the hotels. Yeah, it does. Well, we have to rest first. Exactly. And uh, I'm not so. I'm sure. I'm not sure. I'm fully rested up yet. But uh, yeah, we'll get. We'll get there, and it's be exciting. Um, something I am looking forward to as an honorable mention for 2020 is a TV show that I caught on Netflix in 19. Sorry, in 2019, I got to catch a TV show. It's called Russian Doll. It is an amazing show, and. It is a basically Groundhog Day, um, but in a TV series. And you have to figure out why this person is going through it. Uh, they thought they had figured it out, but they're coming back with a season two. So where are they going to go with it? It's coming in 2020. Uh, anything else, Ashley? Um, looking forward to seeing the uh, series finale of the CW's Arrow. Um, that's a show that I've followed since it first started airing, and I'm excited to see how that wraps up. And then just looking forward to discovering some new things that aren't even on my radar yet. So try to like keep things open and look for stuff I haven't necessarily heard of can find some fun little surprises so hopefully there'll be lots of lots of good stuff headed our we way got the end year. of crisis in 2020 we got the end of crisis yes, coming yes. that's that's uh, gonna be amazing uh that's definitely on my list high on my list oh, on the end of supernatural oh <laughs> I feel so bad no arrow no supernatural what is the CW gonna do star girl I know Oh, that's right, Star Girl. More, more DC stuff, I'm sure. Arrow and the what? Green Arrow and the Canaries, or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, I don't expect that to make it far out of the gate. You don't think so? We'll see. Uh, Jamie, anything else from you? No, I just want to see what the year will bring. Straight up, no expectations. That's probably the safe bet, right? um and just let let things flow um and that's been you know sort of the way that i sort of try to uh to look at movies and stuff when i go in because if you have low expectations then hopefully they won't be uh they'll be met at least right fingers crossed (laughs) well there's a lot of stuff other stuff going on in 2020 so i'm sure it's going to be another insane year um it's going to be 
like, look, I know that some folks are doing these bests of not only for the year, but for the decade. I can't even imagine. Like we would, we would be talking until like March. I think if we, <laughs> we did, if we did, if we put the, the 20 teens in the geek seat. So, uh, so yeah, they, all those other shows can have that. You know, and I have a hard enough time remembering things that happened in this past year that hasn't even ended yes. yet. I hear let alone you. trying to break down all the previous years. I hear you. So, uh, but we are going into another decade and hopefully it's good things for all of you guys. Um, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to close out the show, to close out 2019. Hey everybody, Michelle here with the last Iconic Rock Talk Show moment of the year and the decade. And we are going to start off with a goodbye, because that's just what we do. Today we uh, say farewell and celebrate Allie Willis, who died last week at age 72 of cardiac arrest. Who is Allie Willis, you say? Well, she was a songwriter who was in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Two-time Grammy winner, nominated for a Tony and an Emmy. But that's not why you know her. You don't know her because she wrote 900-some songs. You know her because she co-wrote September and Boogie Wonderland for Earth, Wind & Fire, Neutron Dance for the Pointer Sisters, What Have I Done to Deserve This by the Pet Shop Boys, Uh, You're the Best, the theme to the first Karate Kid um, movie, the score to the musical The Color Purple, and I'll Be There for You from the TV show Friends. Nice Jewish girl from Detroit wrote with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, Before she passed, she was working with uh, Big Sean on his album at her house in L.A., um, which was famous. Uh, It was a pink 1937 Streamline Modern home, and she had it painted pink and filled it with all kinds of pop culture and kitsch items. She had a world-renowned collection. Vanity Fair used her house as the uh, background for their photo shoot with Billie Eilish that they put on the cover recently. And uh, she gave an interview about the song September, and she said uh, that date, September 21st, in the song, it had no significance. She said, the main lesson I learned from Earth, Wind & Fire, especially Maurice White, was to never let a lyric get in the way of a groove. Words to live by. And in other music news, Roger Taylor of Queen, the drummer, has received an OBE, or Order of the British Empire, from the Queen. Not quite as high an honor as Brian May's Commander of the British Empire, but still, nonetheless, recognition. And the Recording Academy, a.k.a. the Grammys, have announced their 2020 Special Merit Awards recipients. And it's quite a list. Some of these people are... um, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers and the ones that aren't should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The list is Chicago, Roberta Flack, Isaac Hayes, Iggy Pop, John Prine, Public Enemy, and the great sister Rosetta Tharp. Speaking of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, voting is still going on. It goes on until January 10th. You've got time to get in a ballot if you're going to do it. Um, the class should be announced shortly after that, and then we will be talking about it here on the ESO podcast right after that. So until then, all the best, have a wonderful new year, and we'll catch you next time.
This is a Nerd Atlanta flashback featuring comic book artist Lawson Chambers. Whenever people reboot things, there's this instinct to make it darker and grittier. Yeah. They're like, we don't need to see a darker, grittier Sonic the Hedgehog. That is wild to me. That like, in our modern age, that our trailer for a movie could come out and fans could go, no, we hate the way that little blue man looks. Change it. (laughs) New podcast episodes will be available soon. So that's going to wrap up an episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Jamie, thank you so, so much for staying up late with us tonight. You're very, very welcome. Um, thank you for having me. Um, oh, not a problem. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, come by the shop. Say hi. Pick up some cool comics. We got neat stuff. Play some board games. How can people find you? Um, we're infiniterealitiescomics.com. Uh, our Instagram is Infinite Realities Comics. Our Facebook is Infinite Realities Comics. Could not get that for Twitter, but they're all linked. So. But, um. Yep. And if you're ever in beautiful, basically, you know, good old Tucker, Georgia. Yep. That is exactly where cool. we are. Right Excellent. underneath the big old, the big ass billboard. It is. Big it is ass a, billboard. Big ass billboard that says, welcome to Tucker, Georgia. that's even better so you totally could find them yes and jen thank you so so much for being with us you made it through your first monday night with us and technically you still haven't been in the geek seat so but that's a whole different story yeah 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 uh, the geek Mm -hmm. father told me told me about his he still still has the scars (laughs) it's okay so one more time you want to promote your podcast yeah, it's the Blur Nerds Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we just opened a brand new Teespring shop. So we have our very first merch available for sale that the Geek Father worked really hard on. Um, so shirts, uh, tank tops, pillows, because our phrase at the end of our show each each week is, don't forget your pillow. So you can now own your own official Blur Nerds pillow to snuggle Aww, up with. That's awesome. And Ashley, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. It is always a pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, just actually want to, just my shout out is pretty much just a thank you to um, the ESO Network. It's been a really great year and I always enjoy coming on to talk with people about geek stuff. And like you said, this is kind of a nice a nice haven amongst the online fandom with some of this crazy stuff going on. So just a shout out. Thank you to everybody that listens and participates and you're a great crew of people and looking forward to all the fun stuff we're going to chat about in 2020. Oh yeah. And wait till we announce what we got our for our first show. You might, people might be cooing already. Ooh, uh, that, yes. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. As made, always, it's my pleasure. And anything you got to shout out about my friend. You know what? I, I'm going to echo uh, Ashley's sentiments about uh, just thanking everybody, uh, giving a shout out to everybody who's participated in the podcast, uh, whether you come on as a guest, whether you just listen to us, whether you interact on the Facebook group uh, in a nice, polite way, of course, um, and uh, this be part of this community. Um, or, heck, even if you're following me on uh, personally on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, really, really, really appreciate it. Um, mo- almost everybody that uh, I interact with 
um, is is not part of the problem. So I, I appreciate that uh, very much. And uh, hopefully uh, going into the new year, we can uh, improve even more so on that front. Totally agree with that. And that's what I'm going to go into with my shout out real quick. I have a list here of everyone who's appeared on the podcast over the last 504 episodes. All right, I'm tapping out. I'm just, uh, okay, good luck with that. Is that going to be uh, our next 20 episodes? Exactly. Is that going to take us to episode 600? I think that might. But, (laughs) you know, we're well on the way to it. And I do want to thank everyone for making 2019 an amazing year for both myself and Mike on the podcast. And there's been a lot of ups and downs personally and on the podcast. And it's just been, you know, it's been great hearing from people and people supporting us with what we've been doing with the show and with what, you know, we are going through. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you from the bottom of Mike's heart, as he said, and it's just wonderful. And we're going to keep going. We are totally going to keep on going with this. And speaking of keeping on going, we are going to be coming back next week. That's right. First episode of 2020, folks. The new decade. And the new decade is here. And I thought, what a best way to start it with The Mandalorian. Yes. Ta-da. So, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's going to host the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a lot like of fun. The 2020 year instead of like the baby New Year, it's now baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're changing over. We're going to become the baby Yoda podcast. And at Times Square, they'll drop the Mandalorian symbol from the building. To the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm thinking about changing would be the really awesome. baby Yoda. I get all the business stuff. Oh, <laughs> baby Yoda comics and games. Yeah. I like it. Don't laugh. It probably will happen somewhere in the country. Oh, undoubtedly. Oh, exactly. So with that being said, we will see you again next week. And I hope you, and next year, that's true. Uh, And folks, I hope you have a very safe and happy new year with whoever you care about, friends, family, or if you're by yourself, just remember, take care of yourselves. We love you all. And we'll see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Peace. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek.